let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 17. Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Samuel 17. This, this, uh, the subject matter... Oh, thank you. The subject matter is dear to my heart. Uh, it's important to me. These are, this is one of those things that I want to be good at. It's called a good memory. Now, I know I have a bad memory. I forget things all the time. I'm get, you know, it's interesting. I think I'm getting a little better at maintaining memory and remembering things. A good memory. And what does that mean? We're going to remember the right things. We're going to remember the right things. So we're in 2 Samuel 17, verse 23 through 29, and guess what? You get to stand once again, because we're going to read the Word of God together in unison and also in reverence. Let's all stand for the reading of God's Word. Verse 23, I'll begin, and with Ahithophel, saw that his counsel was not followed. He saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house to his city, and put his household in order, and hanged himself, and died, and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. Then David came to Mahanaim, and Absalom passed over Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. And Absalom made Amasa captain of the host instead of Joab, which Amasa was a man's son, whose name was Ithra, an Israelite that went into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister to Zariah, Joab's mother. So Israel and Absalom pitched in the land of Gilead. And it came to pass when David was come to Mahanaim, that Shobai, the son of Nahash of Rabbah, of the children of Ammon, and Matur, the son of Amiel of Lodibar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite of Rogelim, brought beds and basins and earthen vessels, and wheat, and barley, and flour, and parched corn, and beans, and lentils, and parched pulse, and honey, and butter, and sheep, and cheese of kine, for David, for all the people that were with him to eat. For they said, the people is hungry, and weary, and thirsty in the wilderness. A lot of people, a lot of names mentioned here, but we focus on David. Let's pray. Father, please help us to keep the right focus tonight. And we know this to be true, but we will be reminded of it. Help us to be faithful in the, in the uh, retaining of the truth tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So a great battle is on the horizon. It's called the Battle of Mount Ephraim. Uh, it's the last battle... No, that's not. Well, it's the last battle David had a semi-part in. Amazing thing. David knows there's a battle coming. It's a battle of necessity. It's absolute necessity to have this battle because the kingdom depends upon it. They actually, they're fighting over the kingdom of Israel. You know, if you go back to David's life, you think about all that he did. There's, all, there's more written about David's life than almost any person on earth, uh, uh, you know, with the exception of Christ. Um, he had a lot of high points to his life, did he not? Some amazing highs. He had some horrible low stoops. 
He stooped very low at times. Um, his highs were much more frequent than his lows. You know, and so he did some things that men dream of doing, only dream of doing. But he also did some things that people dread and hope against that they never do. Amazing stories here. So David was God's chosen one. It says in Psalm 89 verse 20 that God found David. It was like he was on the search. He was on the search for a man that would be after his own heart. A man of integrity. And he searched and searched and lo and behold he found a hidden treasure down there in Bethlehem. He found David. And he was so amazed at what he found in little David that he said, I'll make a king out of him. And he picked him when he was a very young man, a man after God's own heart. He's going to be king of the land. And think about some things here. You know, David did some amazing things that young Christian men only dream of. I, I remember myself, myself, I used to dream about what is God going to use me to do in my life. And some people don't do that. They don't get much, I don't think. You know, dream about, how's God going to use me to when I look back on my life, some things can be said. God, He did it through me. I was an open vessel. The Lord did it. You know, He wrote many of the Psalms when He was a very young man, possibly even a teenager. He wrote some of these great things that we read and study and sing about. He learned an instrument. He actually invented instruments to help him play better for the Lord. He wrote songs. He became a good shepherd. He was the one that all shepherds are patterned after. So trustworthy, so bold, so daring that he would go out and fight a lion with himself. He didn't have a gun. He didn't have a sword. He had a staff. He had a staff and a sling. Yet, he said, you're not getting my sheep. I'll fight you to the death. And God allowed him to put that animal to the death. Now, I'd like to see in that fight. You know, a bear came in, and he whooped off a bear and killed a bear. And what's interesting about this, I doubt anybody else even saw it. It was just him and God and that vicious beast. I think people saw the remains when he told them. You know, he couldn't pull out the cell phone and take the quick pictures, and it's all over the media before you know it. But everybody found out this is a man, little boy that is of main major exploits are on the horizon. One of the greatest things you find out about David is he was obedient to his father, Jesse. Very obedient son. He didn't buck his dad. He was obedient unto him in all things. You know, and I always think about if I could just say some of these things. If I could have just said some of these things about myself. You know, David said, the Lord knows the integrity of my heart. The Lord knows I'm innocent. If I could just say some of these things, I long to. I hope you do too. You know, the great aspiration of purity of heart or a man after God's own heart. We know what David did, his greatest exploit. He killed Goliath the, the giant when everybody else was a coward. He did this great work. Everybody remembered it. They wrote songs about this great feat. He faithfully served the king. You know, he went into the king's palace and played for Saul. 
with his lyre, L-Y-R-E, his harp, and, and played. It doesn't say he sang. It says he played and warded off evil spirits out of the room and out of the king's heart. He was so faithful in all these things that he did. Saul saw something so special in him. He said, I want you to go out and fight the Lord's battles for me. You know, and David went out and fought the Lord's battles. He, he beat the Philistines multiple times. Over and over and over, he beat the Philistines. Nobody could beat the Philistines. When, the, when David's life was ended, the Philistines were a minor, minor threat. I mean, they were almost nothing. They never rose to power again after that. David did this great work. Faithful son-in-law to Saul the king. Faithful husband to King Saul's daughter, Michal. A great friend to Jonathan. I mean, these, these men had a friendship you just don't find these days. This is how it tells you how great he was. He said, he, one day he, he, looked at the, he looked at where the tabernacle was, and he saw what it was. It was a tent. God's place of belonging was in a tent. He said, God can't dwell in a tent while I live in a palace. We can't put the ark of God in a tent. And he asked the Lord, can I build you a temple? That's the heart he had. He said, I will not go to sleep until I get an answer. I will not bring slumber to my eyelids until I find out if the Lord will allow me. And God did not allow him to build a temple. He led his son. And David was there to get the plans and all the preparation for it. This is what I want to say here. He built a vast kingdom. A huge empire. The greatest empire Israel ever had in their whole history. David brought this to pass through his leadership, through his purity of life. They beat every enemy they went up against. And they, they just expanded the kingdom. And before you knew it, everybody's prospering in the kingdom. Everybody's doing well. I mean, everybody, if, if you're not a bum, you're going to get rich. That's how it was. If you're not lazy, you will prosper under King David because he became king over all of Israel. Raised everybody's quality of life. He did. What would they have been had he not done this? He raised everyone's standard of living. Everybody was blessed in David. All his family prospered. You know, it says that his, his brothers were helpers in the palace. His children all rode white donkeys, white asses, which is the sign of the sons of the king. They had power. They had prestige. And they knew they were all happy. Everybody was happy under David. You know, there's a verse in, in uh, Genesis chapter 30, verse 27, where Laban tells Jacob, he says to Jacob, I've learned, I've learned by experience that I'm blessed because of you. I grow because of you. God has blessed my whole life for thy sake, Jacob. What he's saying is, if you weren't in my life, Jacob, I, I wouldn't be anything. But in David's place, life, Peace had come to all Israel. It says that David led them according to the integrity of his heart. This man was used by God to transform the nation 
from a subservient people fighting for their lives. I mean, they had enemies on every side. Well, David went out and beat every enemy on every side, taking it to the enemy to their streets. That's why we read this, Rabbah of Ammon. Amazing stuff going on here. Countless lives were touched by David. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people's lives were changed because of the greatness of David. Oh, but the one who did so much and changed so many lives, it was this model person for God. The model Jew that Israel followed and loved the one who followed God harder than anybody else, he said, I will follow hard after thee, O God. The one who ran the way of the commandments, he didn't walk, he ran. This same man, he failed really hard, didn't he? He not only failed hard, he fell very, very hard. He, fell into, he committed adultery with the woman who he knew who she was. Her name was Bathsheba. Bathsheba was the wife of a man named Uriah the Hittite. Now, Uriah the Hittite, he was a Hittite. He, didn't even, he wasn't even an Israelite. But this man was such an amazing man, he got proselyted <clears throat> into Israel. And he was such a good fighter, they put him in the, the mighty men of David. He was one of David's mighty men. Somehow, he was so good at what he did and rose so great in prestige that he got to marry this woman named Bathsheba who was one of the most beautiful women of the land. She's the daughter of Eliam, who, by the way, Eliam was another one of these mighty men of valor and a mighty man of David. She was the granddaughter of this man we read about named Ahithophel who went out and hanged himself. So she, there's a family thing here. There's a man named Ahithophel who has a son, and he's a wise counselor, a very wise man. said when Ahithophel spoke, it was like an angel of God speaking. He always had the answer. He had a son named Eliam. Eliam had a daughter named Bathsheba who married a man named Uriah the Hittite. David fell into coveting his neighbor's wife, one of his most loyal servants. And he took her for himself and then he had Uriah killed. We know the story very, very well. Well, Ahithophel was very close to David. Ahithophel was one of David's chief counselors. Ahithophel was one of David's best friends. He watched what happened. He saw what David did. He never got over it. He never got over it. He held a grudge against David from there on out. It doesn't matter how great David, what the, the life that David gave to them, through his greatness. He held this grudge that David did by breaking up the family the way he did and took her as his wife. She actually became his wife. Now Eliam and Uriah, both being mighty men of David, they had very special positions. They were friends. They were comrades in arms. They held it against David forever after that. You know, some things of the past just cannot get over. Now, I, I don't, I mean, you can't get past it. I think you should if you can. I think the grace of God is sufficient. I think if we put it into perspective of what we've done to God in our life and how God's forgiven us, we can easily forgive others. But sometimes we get blinded to how treacherous we've been 
to God. Let me say some other things about David that he did wrong. David didn't handle the rearing of his children very well. He wasn't very good at it. He was not, he didn't keep control of knowing what his kids were up to. Now, granted, he had many of them. He had a huge kingdom. But he didn't realize that Amnon was running around with a bad guy named Jonadab. By the way, he didn't know his son had a horrible friend that was a bad influence named Jonadab. He knew it. He just didn't do anything about it. Jonadab was a cousin. He was family, but he was a friend. He was a bad friend for Amnon. He gave Amnon bad advice. He led Amnon the wrong way. David did nothing about it. He didn't protect his daughter, Tamar. He had a daughter. It was his job to protect her. It was his job to make sure that she's not in danger. He didn't protect her. He, didn't, he could have stopped it. He didn't. Tamar was raped by her brother. Incest within the family. David didn't do anything about it. David, when he found out about it, says all he could do is get really upset. Really mad. I mean, it really bothered him. But look at what he had done. So he had not much power to work in his own children, but he still should have because he was the father. He really did nothing to Amnon that we know of scripturally dealing with his son. He didn't correct his son. Well, Amnon had a brother named Absalom. Absalom was very hot about what he did because he ruined my sister's life. He defiled my sister. Absalom never got over it. David didn't go and teach the family forgiveness and what we ought to do and get grace. He didn't. He failed in this area. He didn't understand how bad it was to the point where Absalom had his brother killed. Amnon was killed and murdered because of what he did to Tamar. This is all David's children. And then when Absalom murdered Amnon, David didn't handle that correctly. He didn't. And then he didn't handle it correctly when, when Absalom lived the rest of his life. He did not try to restore Absalom. And Absalom got bitter. And Absalom got very upset. Now you've got to understand, Absalom was the son of the king. He had everything he wanted at his fingertips. He had literally the best of life. Yet, he's bitter at how his dad failed him in certain areas of life. So, obviously, David upset some people, as we all do. You know, you think about it, nobody's mad at me. You want to bet, we all upset people. Sometimes we don't know to the extent we upset certain people. A lot of times we're blinded to how we upset certain people. And David didn't realize what was coming, but a conspiracy formed against him. Absalom who is David's own son, decided, I'm going to steal the kingdom from my dad. I will be king, and I'm going to have dad killed. And I'm going to take everything dad has. And then he started joining people up so he'd have a powerful conspiracy. And one of the top ones was this man named Ahithophel, who held a grudge against David. And he brought him on, his chief counselor, he got all the soldiers with him. He got all the elders of Israel to side with him. This is amazing. 
He got the nobles of the land to follow him. You talk about ingratitude. You know, here's a guy named Absalom who would have nothing without dad. Nothing. But he's so entitled, he thinks he deserves a kingdom when he's a nobody without him, without his dad. His dad earned all this for everybody. He didn't. You know, and what's strange is Ahithophel had a kingdom of his own. All because of David. All because of David. All of these men that were rich, that turned against David, where did they get the riches and how did they get the riches? Very few of them got the riches because of King Saul. They got their riches because of King David. So we find that people are very in, ungrateful. And they, uh, they let the ingratitude override their memory and their honor of one who deserved honor. So the conspiracy to steal the throne and kill David grew to the very level that David had to run for his life. So David ran for his life. David took off and brought just the faithful few, his family and some others, and ran kind of northeast out of Jerusalem. And he went and crossed the Jordan River. He said, if I can get across the Jordan River, an army can't, can't cross the Jordan River quickly. It took a ferry boat to do it. He got his family over the river and into temporary safety. Now, People forgot who David was. That's basically what I'm saying tonight. But God didn't. This was David, the king of the land. And the conspiracy was very strong. Now think about this. His own son went against him. Some of his nephews went against him. We just read it. This man named Amasa. His own family turned against him. They would have been nothing without him. His friends, Ahithophel and others, turned against him. Very ungrateful. They would have had nothing without David. They so quickly forgot. And that's what we do. People are so quick to forget. Now what's amazing is I said God didn't forget. David's the king, not Absalom. Absalom's the type of the Antichrist who tries to steal the kingdom from the true Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God gave David a very decisive victory at the battle of Mount Ephraim. Very decisive. It was an easy win for David's forces. Absalom was killed. The foes of David were over. Ahithophel ran home in shame and hanged himself because he knew, I sided against the one that God had chosen. So let's go to the text here. And look, we're here in 2 Samuel 17. Look at verse 29. And let's look at some people that didn't forget. What we did is focused on now the people that forgot. Lewis says in verse 27, came to pass when David was come to Mahanaim, that Shobai, the son of Nahash of Rabbah, of the children of, Israel, of Ammon, this is amazing. And Machir, the son of Amiel of Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite of Rohalim, brought beds and basins. Look at the things they brought to him. They came to give him everything he needed. He ate pretty good, looks like to me, for especially for Bible times. 
They brought beds and basins and earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched pulse. There's that word pulse. And honey and butter and sheep and cheese of kind. Man, they had great cheeses. All for who? For David and for the people that were with him to eat. For they said the people is hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. So you have some people that didn't forget. There was a man named Hushai. He's David's best friend, Hushai. He did not turn against David. He sided and helped him. He remembered and stayed with him until the very end. The priest named Zadok, he stayed on David's side. Why? He knew. I'm not going to be unforgettable. I'm not going to forget what I have because of David and who he is. I will not be ungrateful. This guy named Shobi, or you can pronounce it Shobi, Shobi. You know what he is? He's an Ammonite. He's the enemy of Israel. It's an interesting story. When David, David allied with his dad, he did. And, and David and his dad were very friendly one towards another. Well, uh, Shobai's dad died. David said, I'm not going to forget my friend. I'm sending an ambassador over there peace to see if, how, what we can do to help them. He sent his men. And the other brother, the other brother, amazing. His name is, I have it written down right here. His name is Nahash. No, his father's name was Nahash. I'm sorry. His brother said, I'm not going to remember all the good, all good David did for us. I'm going to turn on David. I'm turning against David. A major war broke out. He lost everything because he turned against David. But we find here his brother, Shobai. He didn't forget. He came and showed up and helped David when David needed it the most. This man named Machir, you know, he's of Lodabar. He's one of Saul's, he's, he's connected to King Saul. Now when you go into a kingdom, usually you kill everybody that's a threat to your kingdom. David did not do that. David treated them kindly. The old story of Lodabar going down to get Mephibosheth, he was very kind to these people. And they did not forget the goodness that David did to these people. This man named Barzillai, he's an older man. He's in his 80s. He remembered, said, I have everything I have. He was a very wealthy older man. He said, I have everything I have, the blessings of life and all the goodness God gave me. It came because there was a king over there that followed God. I will not forget these men remembered his greatness. They remembered his kindness. They remembered his deeds. They remembered his faithfulness. But they did not soon forget, as so many people did. It's the old line. It's not what you've done for me, but what have you done for me lately? People live that way. You might have done things for them most of your life, and then you slip up, you might fail them, you might disappear, you might not be reliable. You might just quit using, uh, helping them. Well, you haven't done much for me lately, so I'm done with you, I go to somebody else. And that's what Israel did to David. 
completely treacherous against this great man. You know, I want to think about this. Why are we so inclined to remember the bad and the evil rather than the good things people have done? Why do we do this? Why are we so inclined to remember the past? And we can count down all the things that they, in the areas in which they failed me. Rather than when they were there for you. Why are men so wired this way? Turncoats. Betrayers. Ungrateful. Lest we forget who David really was. You know, there's a story about Joseph's life. Joseph was in prison. He's the only one that could interpret dreams. He interpreted a man's dream, the butler. The butler did it. They always do. He interpreted a dream for the butler. He told the dream to the butler. He said, butler, didn't give his name. We'll just call him butler. He said, the Lord's going to do an amazing thing for you. In three days, he's going to pull you out of prison. He's going to put you back in as a butler over the king of Egypt, over Pharaoh. And you're going to serve the king of Pharaoh, be the top aide to Pharaoh once again. They were in prison. He said, you sure? And he said, God said so. He said, now remember me when you get over there and you get back your life back. Remember me. I'm not here on my own doing. I'm an innocent man. I'm sitting in prison right now. And, I'm, and basically Joseph's saying, I have integrity. I wish we could say that about ourselves. Well, the butler forgot. The butler forgot. Two years went by. And the butler started remembering, going, boy, I did David wrong. Or David. I did Joseph wrong. You, what did I do wrong? I forgot. So he, I forgot. And so he finally spoke up. Those two lost years because a man forgot. How quickly men forget. And, and think about Jesus' life. How quickly they forgot what he did for them. I mean, why are we so quick to forget? Jesus did everything for Israel. He healed every person they brought to him. He cast out every devil that came to him. He did amazing miracles. He changed their life through cutting-edge truth. Yet, one week, they're bringing him into the Jerusalem on a donkey saying, you're the king. And a week later, they're crucifying him. And they're yelling out, crucify him, crucify him. And why did they all sit? You know, why did all those who received the miracles sit idly by and just watch them do to him what they did? How soon we forget. It's a shame. Bible says, give honor to whom honors do. Now, I, remember, I know, I, I, I say it like I said at the beginning. I have a bad memory, but I want to have a good memory in the things that matter and remembering the right things. And sometimes you just got to remember the right people. You've got to remember the right principles. I don't want to have a bad memory. A bad memory is this. Remembering only the faults of people. It's a bad memory. Somehow you lost, it's called selective memory for the wrong thing. A good memory is keeping a perspective on really what matters. A good man, get this, a good memory will keep you from getting caught up in a conspiracy. And you might lose a lot. 
because you got caught up in a conspiracy. All these people that did and forgot who David was, they all lost it. They lost it all. How many we forget? Think about this. Without that person in your life, where would you be? With that person in my life, where am I? How simple is that? Oh, he could have failed you. She could have failed you. But look where you got because of your connection to them. Now, let me give you the last point. Uh, I want to say that if you look at what these men did, look at how they remembered David. How did they remember him? When he was at his lowest, they came to his aid. When he was in much need, they came to requite him, the Bible's, it's the, requiting is the biblical word. They came to do some payback for all the good that David had done to them when he was at his lowest. They revived his spirit. They refreshed themselves with really good eating. He supported them. They, they, they supported the family of David even against outnumbered odds. They were outnumbered like four to one, yet they still won the battle. They knew exactly what he needed and they went and gave it to him. Sometimes we're so ignorant, we're so blind to the needs of people. We really are. Sometimes people just need something and you're supposed to be wise enough and spiritual to see exactly what it is and let God reveal it to you. They saved the day for the one who had been instrumental in their life. They saved the day for him. And we need to do the same thing when our time comes, right? They revived his spirit to the point he went out and won him another battle. And guess what? He got the kingdom back. He got, I wonder if these people hadn't showed up and helped him, what would have happened? Now this is called a tremendous memory. And I believe it's vital to keep it. You know, you don't need geeko biloba and jellyfish stuff. They say if you take jellyfish and eat jellyfish, you'll have a great memory. And all you got to do is remember the people that count and the things that matter and the things that count. And if they, sure, events of life. But remember the events of life that matter. Revent, rem, what does it say? Rendering to all their dues. Custom to whom custom. Honor to whom honor. Respect to respect, love to whom love. Gratitude. Gratitude. They may not be at the, at the present time really worthy of it, but when you have a good memory and you see things clearly, you will maintain. All of these men who turned against David became casualties of war. Every single one of them. Without fail, even a mason. David tried to forgive him and make him captain of his host, and he still died. You cannot turn on those whom God used in your life and get away with it, really. You must remember. So let's bow our heads. We're, we're finished, but I want to say a couple of things. I just want to get you thinking about a few things. And I'd like you to examine yourself tonight. We'll all examine ourselves. Let's remember those 
who are used of God to get us where we are now. And that's what matters most. You know, you can be grateful to certain people in your life that helped you along the way, but we're talking about on things that matter. Sometimes you might look, need to look back and look past the recent flaws or the mistakes or even lack of faith. David even showed some lack of faith. You must look past that and remember who they really are. I think that's the key right there. Who is that person really? Let's remember who they really are. Sometimes it works the opposite way. Somebody might do a few good things for you, but deep down they're an evil person. You need to remember who they really are. You need to remember who they were. You need to remember what they did for you. You know, so many people can maybe enter into your mind. And the question is, if you've been loyal, would you show up with the best when they need you, when the call is made? Have you been loyal? And I'll ask you two more questions and be done. Do you acknowledge, and really to, towards the Lord, what you'd be without them, where you'd be without them? And will you realize what you are because of them and all the great things that your life produces? And just have a great memory, a good memory, maintaining a good memory for God. 